Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I am Deb Lorenzen with State Street, where I run Enterprise Data Governance. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Supreet Kaur at Morgan Stanley. Very excited about the discussion today, Supreet. So start off, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your career at Morgan Stanley. Uh, sure. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be here. Uh, I'm Supreet, uh, and I'm an AI product manager at Morgan Stanley. And as the name suggests, I manage their flagship AI products uh, in the wealth management division. My career at Morgan Stanley has not been that long. I joined last year, Feb of 2022. Prior to that, I was a quote-unquote data scientist, and then I decided to move to a more of a data strategist role. Uh, because I realized the importance of data in making all of these AI products. So I wanted to get my expertise there. And when I moved to Morgan Stanley, uh, my role is also to build uh, strategies around the data and look for how can we make our AI product better using the existing data. So it's a combination and best of both worlds. That sounds like exciting stuff. So let's Start with synthetic data. Tell us what that means and where do we find it in our organization? Yes. Uh, so synthetic data, uh, as the name suggests, is basically artificially generated data that simulates the real world data, right? But it is uh, derived from the existing data. So you can imagine like you have a table with 10 rows and now you want a table with, let's say, 100 rows, but you are a startup and you don't have that many customers in your database, what do you do? So synthetic data is a kind of technology that enables you to do that kind of data augmentation. And I would talk about some of the other applications um, as the interview progresses, but it's more about creating this synthetic data rather than finding it in your already existing database. Okay, that makes sense. Now that we have a working definition for synthetic data, can you give us a couple of examples of business use cases that are relevant to the current market? You talked about maybe a startup where they need to augment and find more to create more data. Some of us work in organizations where we already have a lot of data. So tell us some examples of business use cases. Yes. Um, so you can well imagine in some of the regulated sectors, such as healthcare and finance, we do want to protect uh, the data privacy. We have uh, data points such as SSNs and other sensitive information for customers. So we really want to protect that. And that can also be done uh, by using synthetic data. So I think that is one of the most powerful use case. Uh, so basically at that time, what you're essentially doing is, okay, I don't really want real SSNs or real names and real last name of people, but the system is allowing you and a machine learning algorithm is allowing you to generate uh, synthetic uh, SSNs and other sensitive information uh, that doesn't really exist, but can be generated if you need it uh, for your model. Another use case is if your data set is imbalanced, right? And you want, uh, you have a dominating class, but then you also have a non-dominating class. Now for your use case, you want to make your data set more balanced. 
even that can be done by leveraging synthetic data techniques. And interestingly, if you notice, um, all the autonomous vehicles and all the EVs who are racing towards self-driving cars have been using synthetic data from ages. Because think about it, um, when a driver is driving on the road, there could be n number of scenarios and it's humanly not possible for you to imagine what scenario can happen so synthetic data also lets you identify those edge cases uh, that might have not happened yet in your historical data but are but have a possibility to happen so now i have something new to think about when i drive to the grocery store this evening in my <laughs> in my ev <laughs> the data is being collected for that purpose. Okay, so um, now that we have a good grasp of what we're trying to do with the use cases, what does it take to unlock this potential? Is this a data quality challenge? Is it accessibility? Is it that knowledge to be able to replicate the data? What does it take to be successful here? Uh, well said, Deborah. I think you covered all the three points uh, that you really need to unlock its potential, right? Uh, you definitely need a specialized talent because you need to be able to build these advanced machine learning algorithms, often called GANs. Uh, so you do need that prior knowledge. So good talent is definitely a plus uh, while leveraging such technologies. Uh, now, data quality, if we come to data quality, if you think about it, your underlying data, even for your synthetic data, is your real data. So if your real data lacks that quality, um, you know, it will definitely be a challenge because somewhere synthetic data is going to mimic the statistical properties of your real data. So you have to make sure that the data that you're using or the data that is existent in your organization uh, is clean, up to the mark, inclusive. So you do have to perform those basic data quality checks. Um, and data accessibility, as I already mentioned, is also could be a challenge specifically if you have a large organization and accessibility is controlled through teams or divisions. Um, it could be a challenge that data scientists might not be able to get all the data that they desire to be able to build this. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, so, Supri, you mentioned ML and also AI earlier in this conversation. Um, when we're talking about AI specifically, how do we get the right set of questions to keep bias out of our draft? We've talked a lot about this in the industry, right? Of We bring our own biases into the questions um, and then have, have, we don't know what we don't know. We don't always resemble, you know, reflect our own biases. So, is that... Same challenge with synthetic data? Is that a different challenge with synthetic data? Yes, and that's a great question that even the practitioners should ask themselves while they are uh, building and leveraging synthetic data. There's ongoing research, and this is something um, that is a topic of my interest, so I do read a lot of research around this topic where people are still trying to identify that can bias, if it's in your real data, creep in your synthetic data? Or how does synthetic data uh, bias works, right? What is the metric, uh, really, that you can use 
to measure bias in the synthetic data? Can it be the same as your real data or does it need to be different or does it need to be modified? Uh, so I don't think we still have a concrete answer. Depending on the industry, you do have research and you do have metrics out there that you can leverage, uh, but it might or might not work for your particular use case and for your customized uh, data that you have for your organization. Um, but uh, Deborah, you also covered a very important point, which is how do we get to the right set of questions, right? Because not only is it on the leadership to ask you the right set of questions, it's also on you as a practitioner to ask the right set of questions so that you can build uh, the right model, right? And that is when they say, along with the technical knowledge, you should also have domain knowledge because only then you will be able to ask the right question, think about the edge cases and challenge the machine learning algorithm. Yeah, no question about that. So when we get into these conversations that feel relatively technical, I wonder a little bit about how you explain this or what challenges you have or anyone has in our business when we're talking with executive management. And I'll draw on personal experience first and say, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have things like data stewards. And even today, I mean, data steward is sort of a fundamental piece of our data organizations, we don't all agree on the definition even of what that individual does. Yeah. And explaining what a data steward brings to our organization, you know, my executive management didn't grow up with data stewards and with all of these things that we're talking about. So in your experience and in your travels of talking with others, what do you have challenges? Do we have challenges in explaining this? And if so, how do you overcome the challenge of explaining this to, to people who maybe didn't grow up with these questions? Yes, exactly. I feel it's a real challenge because if you think about it, AI and machine learning um, is a field of education and not a lot of people are trained for that specialized education. It's just like any other field, uh, right? It could be a doctor, a lawyer. I consider expertise in AI and machine learning as good as that. Um, so there is definitely a challenge when you're trying to adopt something new as to how do you convince uh, your senior leadership? How do you explain them? Now, you do have tools such as explainable AI and all of those frameworks, which try to help you to explain some of these but then there is a challenge when it comes to more advanced algorithms because you don't really have an apples to apples comparison to be able to explain them. Um, so I feel that this is a two way street where we do need to simplify things and explain them and kind of try to tie it with the business sense. And OK, this is the ROI that my model is going to bring and be able to prove that as well. Uh, there's also uh, things that we can learn from our senior leadership, uh, which is on the data knowledge, the business expertise that they might have seen uh, growing up in this business, but you might just have the technical knowledge, uh, right? And also, I honestly urge the senior leadership to also take genuine interest in learning a lot of these technical details, right? You don't have to be an expert, uh, but when data scientists, they try to explain you, they do a lot of homework to do that. 
if they are also accepting to learn, then both the parties can upskill from these initiatives. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, when it comes back to ROI, or the, those are the same basic tools that we use to explain anything that we do along yes. the way. So you're, I appreciate that sort of piggyback, piggybacking on the same stuff that we've always done. I think it's interesting, um, maybe 20 years ago or 25 years ago, we were running reverse mentoring programs mm-hmm. to try to have some of our junior employees teach our our executives about how to use email in the office yeah. and how to use chat things in the office. And maybe there's a piece of using some reverse mentoring here also. And I definitely think there's interest in the executive suite. It's just, as you say, not, not a field of study that they, you know, had anything to do that was available as they were coming exactly. up through their, through their careers. So, all right. So maybe as a final question, um, where do you see this work, um, particularly the, the synthetic data with ML and AI, that end of the data journey? Where do you see that on the maturity curve for data? And I'll, I'll explain that in like so what has to be functioning effectively in an organization for that work to be even possible or bring a value to the organization. And I'll just share a little piece, you know, foundational governance, understanding where your data is, what quality it is, you know, basic building blocks of data. Is it those kind of things that need to be there or what else needs to be there for this work to really be valuable to an organization? Exactly. And I think the beauty for at least the synthetic data is that from a startup to a matured organization, they can use it for different use cases. And we discussed some of these like as simple as data augmentation and especially fintech startups, they struggle with this because they don't have adequate customer data, but they do want to build AI-driven solutions. So for them, synthetic data is a solution, right? And then there are other sophisticated organizations who are trying to solve really challenging problems, such as how to detect cancer by looking at certain images. And they don't really know how the exact specs of the mask could look like. So for those edge cases, synthetic data, again, can come to the rescue. Uh, But the fundamental of the synthetic data, as you mentioned, is definitely data, good quality data. So the first step for any organization has to be to build these data quality frameworks and invest enough to be able to build AI-driven solutions. And sometimes building and investing in AI uh, can seem, uh, I would say, really encouraging, especially when you look at other organizations, you do want to join the rat race and be the first to adopt it. Uh, But if you don't have sophisticated data pipelines and good quality data, everything everything might fail. And, uh, you know, things might not reap as much benefits as they could if you had invested in the data. So, yeah, definitely the last piece of advice would be uh, to invest in data and good talent to manage that data. Yeah, it's the foundational piece, right? So if you try to make something out of something that's not a solid foundation, so your, your results are always going to be challenged, right? Where if you have that baseline of solid data, then of course you can do 
lots of interesting things on top of it, like the work that you're doing, which is super exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, Supreet, for joining me today. That was fantastic. It was a great conversation. Um, for those of you watching online, please visit cdomagazine.tech for any additional interviews. Thanks for your time today. Thank you.